from our reading for today. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. In the name of the true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? Father Turtle has invited us during the summer to be a part of a sermon series on the letter to the Romans. And it's been a glorious opportunity to dig deep and take a a great dive into this majestic and powerful portion of the New Testament. And today we come to one of the most glorious chapters of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Last week we heard from Romans 7, which was a very difficult and challenging text indeed. Um, I'm surprised you even came back after my sermon. It's a, it's a good sign. But today is a, a remarkable passage, which many of you know some of the great truths from Romans 8. It's a solid, solid piece of God's word to us. And the thing that I like is that it rings true. It, it really does come back down to the realities of daily existence. If the gospel of John has been called the gospel of life, Romans is the epistle of life. We come first of all to Romans 8 verse 1. And the first word is one of the most significant. And it's the word, therefore. Therefore. Whenever you hear that word, and particularly in the writings of Paul, you know that he is referring back to something which has been absolutely consequential. And he's referring to what God has done in Jesus Christ for us and for humanity, which he has been expounding in profound theological terms. And the essence of what he has said is that God, by sending his son Jesus Christ into the world, has invited us and made it possible for us to live in a reconciled, interactive friendship with God. And I mean that sincerely, that friendship, a transforming friendship with God is now available to us because of God's action, nothing that we did. But therefore, is what's happening here. All this being the case, in other words. Here again, this therefore. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. Being in a right relationship, a solid, unbreakable relationship, standing accepted and fully appreciated and loved by the Lord. That's you, because you have been justified. Therefore, now he says it in Romans 8, therefore, there is what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free, liberated me from the powers of the law of sin and death. Something has happened and changed and consequential for human existence. And it's another kind of life that is now available to us here in this present journey and experience and our existence. Not just later in heaven, but now. It's fascinating to me the way that Paul puts his argument together in such logical terms. But more important than the theological logic that is here is the sheer reality that we can know present and experience in our lives. 
So let's go forward. Because for a moment, you have to think about all the, that these words are conveying to us. And for me, it's really about potential and possibility. God has given you and me, through his son, Jesus Christ, potential and possibility that was not ours, simply on our own resources and expertise. That's the gift that we need to embrace. So, first of all, freedom from the fear of condemnation in Christ Jesus. Freedom from the fear of condemnation. You know, think about that word condemnation. We live in a culture of condemnation. We live in this distressing reality of human existence in which there is contempt and anger and shame and condemnation to dismiss one another. And Paul, in his letter to the Romans, is trying to bring a unity of heart and soul and mind and body to the Christian community. He calls us to be siblings, brothers and sisters of one another at the table of the Lord. And we can be that because of what God has done. So a life of potential. God has not condemned us. And even when we face condemnation from others, from whatever sources, even the condemnation from our own lives and hearts, we need to remember we can meet that and be free of that and live in freedom of that. I like to put it this way. Let me give you just a quick little short treatment of metaphysics. And you're thinking, what? That is physics. Well, it's so essential. (laughs) So what's happened, the consequence of Jesus's coming into our hearts and our lives of being justified by God through grace for faith is that we now have a new ontological way of being in the world. Ontological, our being, my being in the world, my ontology, but also my way of being in the world, living it out in common experience day to day. My ontology is this and your ontology is this. I'll put it personally. Rob Lord is now ontologically in Christ. I am being in Christ. That is the whole part of Paul's revelation of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You're in Christ. It's ontological. It's your nature. It's your being. Something has happened to you. And Paul is trying to help us remember and understand that dimension of our existence. I'm in Christ. And so are you. That's my ontology, but it needs to become not just my being, my my being, the truth of my being. It needs to become the way of my being. And that is to say that it needs to be worked out in Rob Lord. It needs to be worked out in you and in the neighborhoods and the communities in which we live. The way of our being becomes more and more like Christ, filled with more and more ability and potential and possibility to love God and to love others and to love ourselves. That's the way of our being. So identify yourself then, not simply as an old sinner. That's the way of sin and death. We heard it in chapter 7 last week, and I'm not going to run that one again, but it basically comes to this statement that the Apostle Paul said, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this reality? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's freedom, freedom. I I had an experience a couple years ago, actually it's been about 10 years ago, where 
I came across the work of a, a wonderful writer and spiritual writer and pastor by the name of Pete Scazzaro. I don't know if you've ever read anything by him. But he writes about the emotionally healthy Christian, emotionally healthy church, emotionally healthy leadership. And of course, our emotional intelligence is absolutely essential in the work world and even in our homes. I mean, we've got to be aware of that and try to grow deeper into that. And so Nancy and I went to a conference that he was giving in Queens, New York. We'd never been to Queens before. That's a trip itself. But anyway, (laughs) what we learned there and what I learned there is that I don't have to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. I need to recognize my own gifts, my own passions, my own faults, and face my shadow so that I can indeed become more emotionally healthy to love God and love others well. Now that's, that's the journey. We're never going to make perfection, but we can indeed mature in love if we are indeed in Christ and seeking to be a part of the way of Christ. Here's the second piece, empowerment. So no condemnation, but Paul goes on to say, listen to these words, so that... No, there's no condemnation, but so that what follows is that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk and live not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We live, in other words, in a new empowerment. As AA says, Alcoholics Anonymous, we came to discover that there was a power greater than ourselves who could deliver us from the insanity of our lives restore us to the right mind and heart. We need another power. We can't just rely on human resources alone. You were never meant to run on your own fuel alone. You were meant to be in a cooperative, interactive relationship with God so that his life, his abilities, his power, his enablement, his enabling presence would be a source that you could count on. It's synergy, in other words. The manner and method God's presence in your life and in my life, in my daily life, your daily life, the manner and method is his spirit, his empowerment of you. How do you draw on that? Again, another experience. I've mentioned him often, mentor of mine, Dallas Willard, professor at the University of Southern California. I was with him on a retreat. I had a couple of hours to have a personal engagement with him and picked his brain. At the end of it, he I said, could you please sign my book? I'd love to have your autograph on my book. And so he signed it. And then he he put a scripture on there. And this is the scripture. And I thought about it later during the day. And I said, he must know something about me. So anyway, Isaiah 64.4 goes like this. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who, listen, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him, a God who acts. This is not some remote deity staring in cosmic space. This is a God who wants to act, who wants to be with you in such a way that if you wait for God, and waiting simply means count on it, expect it, learn from it, be an interactive relationship with you so that When you're about your life, your daily life, don't just count on others. Count on God being with you in the moment, in the circumstance. And learn how to discern that empowerment. 
Because why? For those who live according to the flesh will not find life. But those who live according to the Spirit will have life and peace. One more. So we've seen no condemnation. We've seen the gift of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and its potential and its empowerment. And finally, Paul goes on to say something about the transformation and renewal of our thinking and of our minds. Listen. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh, death. But to set the mind on the Spirit, life and peace. Your mind. Your mind is the most important thing, really, about you. Because where you put your mind is where your body and your heart are going to go. Think about mindset. Mindset is so important and essential. Think about athletics. Think about any human endeavor. If you don't have the right mindset going on, you're not going to be able to accomplish much. If you have a mindset of a loser, I'm a loser. If you have a mindset of a victim, I'm a victim. If you have a mindset of I'm not enough, we have to mind our mindset. And Christ has given us a new mindset. What is that mindset? That mindset is the spirit. The ultimate freedom we have is where we're going to place our minds. And so it comes down to this. If we're going to experience these gifts of God, the consequences, the therefore, and what follows after, we have to really focus our lives. Focus every day. Get up in the morning and say... Today, I am in Christ, in the Spirit. That's the way of my being. That's who I am. And I'm focusing on the good and the true and the beautiful. I'm going to have agency and confidence because I know that Christ and the power of the Spirit is acting with me. I can accomplish what Christ gives me to accomplish. It doesn't mean I won't fall down on my nose. It doesn't mean that I won't get it wrong. And it doesn't mean that at times I'll turn my back and walk the other way. But what it does mean is that you are accepted, cherished, loved, and invested in by God. The Spirit of Christ is dwelling in you. Take hope. Be of good courage and be of good confidence in Christ.